This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silberg. No Doubt Our Nation, we bring you a special extra episode here on this fine Wednesday evening, August 10th of 2022. It is myself, Travis T. Mo Loffley, my co-host, Barrett Boom Bostic, and then a returning third-time guest here on the No Doubt Our Podcast. She is a MLB The Show content creator, a Twitch and YouTube partner, editor at Southside Socks as part of the SB Nation family, and she has a brand new gig that is coming up here very soon as she is going to be moving her life from the uh, plains and cold Midwest winters <laughs> of Chicago down to the sunny beaches of San Diego, California. She is the namesake of the Sand Squad itself. Friends, we were talking about Ashley Sanders back again for the third time here on the pod. Ashley, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope both of you are doing well as well. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what your life's been like the past few days. Oh, yeah. It's a whirlwind. Absolutely. So third time we're having you on here. Uh, We met you almost uh, for the first time, I think almost a year ago. It was like early fall of 2022. Rise, the the playoffs were starting last year. Got to learn more about you, what you were doing. You were heading into your final final year of college. Uh, You we had you on again. Back, uh, back over the winter, right before the season started, uh, to kind of give your your insights into what you were thinking with the uh, with the White Sox this year. We'll kind of unpack more of all that because it's been an interesting season for oh, yeah. them, to say the least, uh, <laughs> uh, this year. Um, you've uh, you've since graduated from college, I believe. You did. You had double major and double minors, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes, yes you're yes. you're an overachiever. We <laughs> uh, <laughs> commend you because uh, that is that is absolutely nuts. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, and you've since uh, jumped into basically the content creation world full steam. And then you have this new gig here, which kind of I hinted at here in the intro. Uh, you know, for for any of our uh, any of our audiences following you on Twitter has probably already seen it. Not to learn more about it in a second. Just kind of unpack everything that's been part of your life the last several months here of diving just full full time into this world of content creation. The the opportunities you've had with the All Star Game, just all that that has happened now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's just it's one thing after another. It's just a complete domino effect, if you will, with absolutely no stop. So, like you were saying, I just finished my last year of college. Uh, I was a double major in English and health science with psychology and chemistry minors. And so, basically, I graduated on Saturday, May seventh, and then Sunday, May eighth, was my two year stream anniversary stream. So I was live for almost seven hours, and then at the end of that stream is when I made the announcement of, "Hey, um, because of all the support everyone has given me, I'm going to take a shot and try to." do this full-time for a year and then kind of reevaluate after that year, see if maybe I should entertain graduate school, see if there's another opportunity that will come up within that year or after that year. Um, But I wanted to bet on myself and I give back to the community because they've been so gracious to me. And so then I went straight into that. No break, no like summer break, if you will. Uh, went into full-time streaming, full-time content uh, the second after I graduated. And then not too long after, a few months after, I was reached out and I uh, was notified that there was a position opening at uh, Sony San Diego Studio. And so I saw the postings. They were on like LinkedIn as well as like the main Sony career website. And I was like, 
might as well apply for this. Um, <laughs> as that was all going on, uh, there is also an invitation to the Creators Cup that was going on during yes. the All-Star Weekend. Uh, that was a mix of MLB The Show creators as well as baseball content creators and general influencers uh, who were paired up that were competing against one another with one another in a little like head-to-head co-op tournament. It was so much fun. Got to meet an incredible amount of people. The events of the All-Star Game were incredible, which we can absolutely get into more detail. And then I return home from the trip. Everything kind of finishes with the job, the application process, the whole interview process. And before I know it, I received an offer letter uh, to become the next content specialist on the live team with San Diego Studio. And of course, I had to say, yes, this is a dream come true <laughs> to work with a company that I have played their game since 2018. I've wanted to play it even sooner, just didn't have a PlayStation. And it's been really, really fun. Everything's a whirlwind. The movers come in a week. So <laughs> everything is falling into place. Oh my gosh. And and it, it's so funny because you went to LA yes. for All-Star Weekend, but now it, my geography of California is is very grossly inaccurate, but San okay. Diego's further south, right? Yeah, it's like two hours south. Man, right along the the U.S. Mexico border, right there. Yes, yes, very close. <laughs> Got Tijuana, yeah. not far. Yes, sure. not so yes. much. You go to Tijuana, it's kind of wild there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and are, are you gonna miss the polar vortexes and the windy? winter weather right? it's like i've i've always enjoyed the warmer weather more than the cold weather but i really like that midwestern attitude of oh it's negative 30 degrees outside i'll just finally put on my winter jacket for the winter so i i, I like that fun mentality and i'm very excited to see um how i adjust to like a warm climate all year round and when i come back to visit especially when i visit during the winter months back home to be like oh no i'm gonna eventually be one of those people who will need my winter coat when it's only 50 degrees outside when yeah. back in San Diego yeah. and then I'll need 50 layers when I'm back home and it's I, like below zero yeah I will I will say this from experience of visiting down in San Diego um I don't know like how I don't know how much you got kind of like the feeling of being out there in LA too but you know like it's there's all those little microclimates yes. that kind of exist based on where you are in the city so mm -hmm. like it, the the downtown LA area probably closer to Dodger Stadium is a good bit warmer there mm -hmm. than it is out over by the coastline you'll yes. certainly feel that in San Diego um mm -hmm. and yeah, I think layers will be your friend out there. And like all my friends that have that are like from the Midwest or up north that have moved down here to Texas, they they uh they they've basically become wimps when it comes to uh the winter. They're like, Oh, it's 60 degrees. I need <laughs> I need my puffer jacket now yes. on like three layers and everything. Mm -hmm. So probably we'll become you if uh, if history serves things correct. Absolutely. You know, we'll we'll try to last as long as I can. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, the the All Star Weekend festivities. You hinted yeah. at that. You mm -hmm. as you got got to be part of this creators event down there. What what all is it, you know we know of I know of Boom knows of it. Um, we are I think most baseball fans you know know of like the home run derby, the All Star game itself. What are kind of like there's like some of like the other like maybe lesser known things or just kind of things that make up the entire All Star game experience that uh, you should be aware of if you ever go to an all-star game. 
Yeah, the coolest thing that I I thought was there was there's this huge convention center and it's the play ball event. And what there is, is there's like a whole bunch of booths from various amounts of different companies, you know, of course, baseball related. And you go into this convention center and there's like a tops booth. So if you're into into baseball cards, there's a um, Cooperstown booth for the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a booth for the Negro Leagues, which is really, really cool. There's a booth for women in baseball. Um, there's, of course, a shop and you know there's a lot of activities from you know vr so people can actually play different baseball video games there's an mlb the show booth where people could um play mlb the show and there's a lot of um like seeing how hard you can throw different pitches see what your home run swing could look like uh one of the coolest things especially for like the little littler kids is there was like a draft booth where you got to go up <laughs> there's this guy announcing kids names and it would be like you know, Johnny from New York gets drafted number one overall to his hometown team, the Mets. And like everyone around like cheers. They have like all the different jerseys and they like grab the jersey to put on the kid. And I thought that was really, really cool. Really, wow. really special. Um, So I believe it's been there in the past and will continue to be there. But just all of those different events within the convention center, like it's a part of like the play ball park or the play ball event was really cool and i had to go back two or three different times just to check out all of the booths that were there man it's just uh, fomo for real i mean (laughs) i gotta put it on my bucket list just wherever it's at i know it's gonna be in seattle next year and seattle is a hopping joint but of course it was in la for the first time since 1980 so Mm -hmm. and and that truly that ballpark is it is the most fair home run at ballpark it is symmetrical but uh, talk to us about that experience like, witnessing the home run derby. Oh my goodness. I, I had never been to Dodger Stadium before and I was so <laughs> looking forward to it. And yeah. the home run derby. So we got there just a tad bit late. So we kind of got there um, near the end of Julio Rodriguez's very first round. And so like we were hearing the crowd outside the stadium because the Creators Cup ran a little bit late. But we got into the stadium, we get to our seats and it's just breathtakingly beautiful, the yeah. stadium. And where it's situated, it's, it's on top of like a mountain if you will not like a total mountain maybe more so of a hill but like you have some elevation and then you look over especially uh, the right field uh, seats and it's just a whole landscape of mountains in the background and then you look over the left field and you can kind of see down the little mountain that Dodger Stadium is placed on so the views are breathtaking and then to witness the home run derby I'd never been to any all-star game any all-star event and to be at the home run derby was incredible one of my favorite moments throughout the whole derby was Albert Pujols <laughs> uh, when he was going up against I believe Kyle Schwarber yes. and uh, he had advanced to uh, the next round the whole crowd no matter who you were a fan of rooted and cheered <laughs> and clapped for Albert it was like such a goosebump surreal feeling oh my gosh to Kyle Schwarber bowing to the true king yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the I so from watching the game just my experience it seemed I I admit that I haven't paid as much attention historically as a baseball fan to the all-star game, but this year's all-star game, just like I could kind of feel the atmosphere almost from the TV, my buddy's place where I was watching it. It just felt extra spirited compared to maybe the how, how it has been. Just, I felt like there was just so much budding energy. Yeah. Just a good time, like seeing uh, that place packed with fans with all different jerseys of like their favorite teams, favorite players, mm-hmm. whether current or past, like that's uh, it, it the the game and then so the game itself like how 
what what was the feeling of like the like the all-star game itself yeah so i was actually not at the all-star game i was catching it on my trip back in the airplane but like i agree a hundred percent like i was watching it on the plane and the energy was very palpable just from my little tablet screen that i was watching it and the energy was very much there like during the home run derby you know the american league on one side national league on the other side it was really cool seeing the players kind of bounce around one another have different conversations a lot of them had like their families and their kids like the second the home run derby ended there were a few players that kind of grabbed their little kids and like ran the bases with them you know underhand mm-hmm. toss to some of them so that was really really cool yeah very cool yeah. yeah and i can only imagine that it'll be the first of many trips to dodger stadium you gotta I hit hope. that up petco yes. the angel stadium mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah angel stadium just just up the road i mean it's the, the traffic there you'll get to see your white socks <laughs> when they're in town each year uh, yes. against the angels which mm-hmm. will uh which would be cool um yeah so and then yeah so what what are kind of all like the specifics of what your your new gig down there with uh, with the San Diego studio yeah, absolutely. So I'll be focusing on like the Diamond Dynasty section of MLB the show. So all of the live content, if you will, uh, where we put content into the game as the game is released throughout the cycle. So my job will be to research, create, test, and then launch all of that different content. Wow. Um, the goal is to kind of try out every little thing, see where my niche might be, see where there may, might be like adventures for new ideas, what, what we can do for bringing like old ideas back. So that's like the most exciting is to see like, oh, which card should we drop when? What kind of moment should we bring back? I mean, the Field of Dreams game is tomorrow. So of course, I was not part of the new Field of Dreams content that just dropped uh this uh this uh week but it's kind of exciting to see like oh what do we bring back what kind of history are we going to be throwing in there what kind of story are we going to be telling to, so to have like a first-hand touch on uh what kind of content is going to be continuously rolling out throughout the game is really exciting and then of course the combination of the past present and future bringing in like legends current players who are superstars and then uh putting a spotlight on all these different prospects and giving them a chance to have a pretty good card in the game that people can use and hopefully enjoy man it just, it just sounds like you're perfect for this position <laughs> you, you yourself uh, are a fan of the game yes. um you've you have a ton of, of experience playing it and it's just it's a smart move on their part to have someone as young as yourself uh, who uh, it's just you're bringing a young fresh face to the uh, to the company and it's going to be for their benefit because <laughs> Um, it's going to help kind of tap into the younger audience that's playing yeah. the game because that they will be the show I feel is something that young fans can, and it, it's how they can relate to the game. Yes. They, they can match their love of playing video games with the game with the hopes that that'll translate to them falling up in love with the sport of baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things that ever like playing this game for as many years as I have is you're always learning something new. There's always a player Mm. that comes up and you're like, wait a minute, who's that player? So then you research that player. Of course, you know, the live team provides information on that player. So the ability to like learn and teach the game of baseball is one of the coolest assets of this game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's interesting how, like yeah the the very brought up a great point just how the younger generation i feel like gets introduced to sports and like really falls in love with it now and it's like c- comparative to video game which i think was a lot more casual when we grew up there it just <laughs> didn't have that sort of push i feel like it was 
to and i think it was more in kind of like a, a arcade type of like format there mm. there wasn't the online play all of that you know it was just mm. kind of developing back in the 2000s when we grew up um there and it just didn't have that sort of like drive and kind of development for uh you know for pushing fans kind of into the game now but you know it's it was more of like when we grew up it's like hey your your team was the team that you grew up with there there was no mm-hmm. like special relationship that you had with like a like a creator someone who lives thousands yes. of miles away from you and stuff that got you uh <laughs> <laughs> that got you uh, into your favorite mm-hmm. player and everything like that everybody loved the same team and now it's like it just it's different in terms of like how kids now are falling uh in love with the game and in love with players and like how it's not always linear with like where they grew up and uh and uh and all that stuff so yeah it's and certainly major league baseball's got i think it's got stuff up its sleeve right now in terms of uh how it's changing the game how it wants to grow it and stuff you know i think they're over in london next year for yeah. a mm-hmm. series if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so certainly that's something your team will be uh will be working on around yeah. that so yeah absolutely there's a lot to look forward to and i that's like the coolest thing that you just brought up is with the younger generation where you kind of grow up and it's like okay your team is your team my team is the white Sox. and what's so cool <laughs> about this game is like you can create a team of players not on your hometown team and yeah. it kind of just like grows that appreciation for baseball where people are like oh look at Juan Soto I want him on my team look at Jacob deGrom I want him on my team look at Alex Bregman um, all of his community work and how he plays on the field I want him on his on my team so it comes like okay I'm a White Sox fan but now I'm an Astros fan uh, a Padres fan a Mets fan and it's really really cool to kind of recognize like this is where my fandom is but then I can still appreciate and enjoy players whether they're on my hometown team or not so to kind of see that philosophy within kids is one of the coolest things ever um, I was on a softball league in like my community and uh, some of them had you know youngins and you know they were White Sox and Cubs fans but some of them would be wearing like little Tatis t-shirts or little Acuna t-shirts and it's like that's really, really cool when you can be like, hey, you might not be on my team, but I recognize you and you're my favorites. There you go. I, yeah, I saw the tweet. I've been seeing your tweets on that. You're you're an on-base machine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're playing the money ball. It's right? about drawing, drawing those 100%. walks. 100%. Yeah, I have like so many walks. There was one game that I literally went zero for zero at the plate with three walks and three runs. None of the pitches were hittable. I'm like, okay, this is slow pitch softball. Give me something to hit. And it's like two feet outside. I'm like, it's okay. We'll just get on base. No, it's okay. I'm a contact hitter. Make some contact get the wheels get down the line we're good yeah, so are you a righty or do you bat both both ways yes i'm okay. a righty i i right. in batting practice i gotta k- take a couple swings from the left-handed side not in game time though <laughs> oh no you gotta put the game face on yes exactly <laughs> for sure so um are you one the one of the first members of your family to kind of jump ship and head west? <laughs> yes, yes. All wow. of my family is east. You know, I have family in Florida, I have family in Illinois, I have family in Ohio, and I'm I'm the one going the other direction. But <laughs> oh. they're they're absolutely thrilled. I'm like, come visit, come visit. Or yeah. I'm now I'm like to like my parents. I'm like, just think about this in you know however many years, whenever you're considering retirement. I heard San Diego's nice. And then the like with all my great. friends. Yeah. I'm like, come to San Diego. We can like take over an apartment complex together. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> so what, what, like if in the limited research that you've done, I mean, what, what are you looking forward to about the area and just the fun things to do? I 
have been like researching like crazy, like all the different local food spots. There's like oh. so many like taco and burrito recommendations that I've received. I'm excited to try all the, the of Mexican them. The Mexican food in Southern California yes. is fantastic. I am it's a, so excited. Comparative to, I mean, I, I love the Tex-Mex here, but I think the the Southwest style Mexican mm-hmm. food where it's a lot more like grilled, grilled yeah. meats, fish tacos, mm-hmm. just kind of spreads of that, uh, of that nature there. And I mean, everything just tastes absolutely fantastic yeah get yourself a california burrito while you're there carne asada uh uh i think there's like fries or potatoes in it and guacamole um it's uh (laughs) is uh it is an experience for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited to try it all i mean there's like the san diego park and zoo um that kind of or the safari park and zoo if if you will and like there's a zip line i think in like the park portion of the zoo which is really incredible um the Petco Park, of course. And the coolest thing is, I'm like, this is perfect timing. This must have been meant to be. Uh, the White Sox are actually in town uh, September 30th, October 1st and 2nd, that weekend. So wow. I was like, hmm. Interleague I'll be play. around. I'll be around. I'll, I'll be there yeah. hopefully at least one game, if not the whole series. You know, I'll be in the neighborhood. And like, that's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, man. Uh, that's awesome. If you happen to run into Tony Hawk, tell him to do a kickflip. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't want to be that person who becomes his next tweet who didn't recognize him. So that like, the next I gotta member put my game of the face Tony on. Hawk's existential nightmare. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I have to like you know study some pictures and be like Tony, no, Tony, no, Tony, yes. <laughs> put uh, them out in the crowd. I I could. I, I could probably point him out anywhere, and I mm-hmm. also recognize that man's voice anywhere too, because he's True. just got like the like smooth, yes. kind of like uh, <laughs> Southern Cal- Californians don't really have an accent; they just have like a like they just have vernacular and like mm-hmm. ways that like kind of like a rhythm of how they say things. Yeah. It's like very easily identifiable. It's like oh, mm-hmm. you're you're from California. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I, so kind of switching gears now to baseball as a whole, I, I, I feel like we're kind of spitballing at this point now, um, at this point in the conversation here, uh, before getting fully into the White Sox, uh, what are kind of like some of your observations of the 2022 Major League Baseball season? Just, you know, like uh, things that you expected, things have been surprising, the biggest disappointments other than the White Sox. Um, uh, just kind of a, your, your your kind of analysis of the 2022 season as it's been to this point. Yeah, absolutely. From like the player side of things, like the Aaron Judge storyline absolutely captivated me. You know, turned down a contract and it was a pretty nice contract, but he's like, you know what? I know I can do better. I'm going to bet on myself. And that can be a little risky. And especially with injuries and maybe it's just not your year, all that fun stuff. And the dude is going out and mashing home runs as often and as effectively as he can. So that's been an absolutely fun storyline. I'm really excited to see what happens at the end of the season with him and the Yankees. Um, Team-wise, you know, we just got done with the trade deadline. The San Diego Padres, my goodness. It's a good thing I'll be able to catch a ton of their games in person. Juan Soto, Josh Pell, Josh Bell, excuse me, Brandon Drury. Um, they basically um, gave Eric Hosmer to the Red Sox for free, just to make all these different moves work. And I really want them to make it to the World Series because it's like go big or go home. And they Seriously. went 
big. Um, of course, you know, got your two uh, hometown favorites in uh, the Houston Astros, who they're just kind of doing their thing. You don't really yeah. talk about them a lot, but like they're in the radar. They're taking care of the Yankees in their series. Um, a big yeah. player on that team who's having a phenomenal season after coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery, Justin Verlander, who, oh, in my yeah. personal opinion, is going to win comeback player of the year. And oh, yeah. he's he's the guy to beat for also the Cy Young Award. But, you Seriously, know, Dylan yeah. Cease, don't forget about him. Robbed. Um, Robbed. Right? <laughs> but it's it's been absolutely incredible. All the different, like, player-led storylines, the team-based storylines. And then, you know, there's the Chicago White Sox. And it's like... <laughs> They're, hey, they're only two and a half games out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, you know. Thank goodness the AL Central is what it is because <laughs> it still allows us all the all the false optimism, but we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> What's what has been what is the story of the White Sox this year? What why have things unfolded the way they have here? It, we just i don't think anybody expected it i think the white Sox were kind of kind of turned into america's favorite team to to like you know to really pull for going into the beginning of the year there were really big expectations uh between injury issues personnel decisions just a whole like host of things have mm -hmm. been uh, have been a problem out there on the south side what what has it been from your perspective that's really defined this team this year? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a multitude of different things. You know, you mentioned injuries. We were plagued by so many of them um, during spring training, during the start of the season. You know, we lost Aloy Jimenez once again pretty early. Mm. Um, you know, Yasmani Grandal just had surgery. Tim Anderson is now out. Um, <laughs> basically, like the core players besides Jose Abreu, somebody has gotten hurt. They've been on the injured list, so it's hard to kind of have that team rhythm, that team cohesiveness. But speaking of cohesiveness, for the first over 50 games, I'm sure that number is much larger. The White Sox did not put out the same lineup at all. All first 50, 60, even more games, um, at least 50, though, every single game had a different lineup. And wow. of course, there is some strategy toward that. But when you're batting, you know, second one day, eighth the next day, uh, you're in and you're out. It's like there's hard to get that rhythm. OK, I'm batting first. I got to get on base. OK, now I'm ninth. I got to make sure I find a way to turn over the lineup and keep the momentum moving. So to not have like a solidified role and to have that kind of inconsistency, I thought didn't really help the squad too much. You know, we all also have been struggling on defense, um, our fly ball, ground ball ratio. Like this is a team built of power hitters. Sure. And we, Aaron Judge at some point had more home runs himself than the whole White Sox did in, um, in at least the first half of maybe even June, as recent as June if I'm not mistaken. So it's all of these different effects. Of course, we have very, very questionable managerial decisions from <laughs> What the lineups are looking like, who's coming out of the bullpen, um, who's starting where, and it's just this team is mediocre at best, and it's really, really <laughs> painful to say because like this is your victory window. Other teams are only getting better. The AL Central, yes, it's a little bit of a laughing stock right now. It is still wide open, but it's only going to get better, especially when you look over uh, with the Tigers who made some pretty big moves today, um, especially yeah. in the firing of um, Alavila, and I believe the president as well but you know they're making moves they're getting younger their prospects are being called up it's like you gotta go this is your window or other teams are gonna take that from you yeah uh, it's, it's we just got the the elephant in the room is totally la Russa, yes. and 
I mean, I don't, I, I'm sure it's not just him, but yeah, you just got to wonder. And it's interesting that you bring up the lineups because Kevin Cash is one to switch up lineups all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't seem like a problem for them. Uh, but they, they, they've only won two more games than the White Sox. But I just think that's, that's kind of like a package deal when it comes to the Rays. I think they're used to it at this point, yeah. <laughs> the volatility. Um you know, and then you juxtapose that with Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker is a lot more, all right, you're the three guy, you're mm-hmm. the four guy, you're the lead off and the switch little switches here and there. But your perspective, I could definitely see how it, that that can kind of screw up the momentum. And it is a balancing act. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the Guardians and the Twins are tied for first place. Yeah. Y'all are y'all are a game and a half behind. It, I, I, I guess it's the team name change. I just mm-hmm. it's given them a pep in them, their step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like reading a graph or seeing a graph the other day where the Guardians have the youngest team of all of baseball and both wow. their batters and their pitchers. So I'm like, come on, White Sox, it's not going to get any easier than this season. Maybe next season. <laughs> so it's it's just really difficult to like watch them win a game and you're like, oh, the momentum's back, and then they lose two in a row. But oh, now they win two in a row and then they lose. It's like. I have, there's no sense of momentum and like long win streak. I have uh, I've jokingly uh, here started just in my head calling the uh, the White Sox the 500 Sox because it seems like every time we get out here record yes. an episode, I pull up the standings. They're right at 500. Yep. <laughs> no more wins nor losses. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, indifference there. It's uh, it's just flat 500. But uh, yes, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if they can. Uh, they can rock that fun differential, aka having a <laughs> minus thirteen run differential at this Oof. point of the year. Through, yes. uh, yeah, Wolf is correct on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been rough. Yeah. So, uh, but so yeah, that doesn't sound like I. I asked Boom this question uh, uh, on our show last night. If there's any confidence within the uh, the AL Central of one of, you know, just you know, we've got the expanded wild card this year. So even mm-hmm. as weak as this division is, um, like it could be, there could be two teams, you know, that come out of this and, uh, and ultimately get into the playoffs. Uh, do you have any, uh, any faith in any of these teams from this division, possibly, you know, uh, just getting in there and uh, making some noise. Does, is there any formidable path for your white socks to be in that conversation <laughs> there? If uh, uh, outside of fantasy land, how, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those situations where as bad as the white socks have played, there realistically is an opportunity to still make the playoffs because yeah. they're only, you know, game and a half back two and a half games back. Um, so there is that opportunity of the AL Central is wide open, especially because the White Sox end with a few series against the Minnesota Twins. So that becomes interesting in two different ways. If you beat the mm. Twins, you're going to gain in the standings. However, one of the teams has to lose between the Twins and the White Sox. So who's that third team that could take advantage? The Guardians. The Guardians mm. just have to win their games here and there, kind of play even. But as they're in a, like a three a three way race, if you will, one of those teams is going to lose ground between the White Sox and the Twins. The Guardians just have to kind of stay afloat, stay leveled. They very easily uh, could sweep or uh, lead themselves into the lead of the division, depending on what Uh, happens between the White Sox and Twins. Like maybe the White Sox and Twins split at best. If the Guardians can come out with a winning record, boom, they're on top. Even though the White Sox and Twins themselves didn't lose ground, the Guardians kind of snuck up. I, I don't believe out of the three teams, if they 
whichever teams don't win the division, I don't believe they're going to be strong enough and have strong enough records for the wild card, especially mm-hmm. kind of leading to awesome storylines this year. The Baltimore Orioles are <laughs> are so close, if not already in that third wild card they, spot. They are tied with the Rays. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I guess there is that third wild card uh, possibility, but I don't know. The Orioles are looking pretty good, but they did make some trades, you know, got rid of, you know, Trey Mancini, who's now on the Astros, yeah. as well as Jorge Lopez, but they're finding a way to win, but I do believe that I really, really want my White Sox to win. I want yeah. them to the postseason, but I'm kind of reminded of like the 2021 uh, Padres where they missed the postseason and then they made the appropriate, you know, mm. changes and leadership roles. There were a few firings. So it's kind of like, what happens here? Are we going to get the result we need if we miss the postseason? If we get, you know, destroyed in the first round if we make the postseason when we still get changes uh, in the front office that is yet to unfold but as as a fan it's like i want them to win but they almost don't deserve to make the playoffs at this point which really Uh, and hurts to say uh, that's such a rough position to be in when you have Mm -hmm. it's your team but you don't have faith in members of upper management manager gm owner of course you can't get rid of the owner but Mm -hmm. it's almost like what's worse making the division series best of three getting knocked out or losing but the plus side being you hope it's the impetus uh, for change. Yes. And then it's like, it's a maybe next year kind of situation. And then, uh, I don't know. It's like you had, we had so much optimism going into this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's like, I'm sure there's part of you that wants it to be a, a nationals kind of moment yes. where it's like, you're the wild card team and you take down the top dog. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. I I was like reminded of like the 2019 Nationals where I'm like, maybe that's the White Sox. Then you keep watching the White Sox play and you're like, maybe it's not actually us. (laughs) There is that optimism, you know, anywhere we can still scrounge up that hope and faith in your team, you will. But uh, we're almost running out of time. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah, you you see see some games like I was uh, was out at. our Globe Life Field here in the DFW on Sunday, seeing the uh, the series finale of the uh, the Rangers and the White Sox. Uh, your boy Lucas Giolito had a fantastic outing there, 100 plus pitches, only gave up mm-hmm. one run, I think, in like six or seven innings of work. They're hitting the ball all over the place out there, and then it's like the next game they can't hit the broadside of a barn, and yep. it's just yep. uh, and arms are dead left and right, and it's yes. just uh, <laughs> it's like what what team is this? Like who who's mm-hmm. going to show up today? <laughs> yes, it is it is a struggle, and it's like then there's like caution with who's playing however many days in a row who's taking breaks and all that fun stuff and it's like i don't really think that's working you know you gotta get into your rhythm uh i know like tim anderson was somebody who like tony was like oh he'll never play both games in a double header we need to rest him so they rest him and then before you know it you know he's out for the next four six re- uh, weeks with a uh, hand oh injury gosh. which is rather unfortunate because like he's our catalyst at the top of the lineup yeah. So like the lack of rhythm and cohesiveness and that just kind of leads to the game where, you know, in the game prior, Dane Dunning sliced up the White Sox order. And then the day after, it's like, oh, it's a hit parade and not just a hit parade. It's an extra base hit parade that the White Sox are having such a hard time finding those extra base hits. Yeah. Um, do you have any confidence in 
the White Sox farm system? Anybody coming up in AA, AAA that you you want to get called up ASAP? <laughs> right. It's no one really this year, but like an interesting story is Lenin Sosa, who was called up um, a few mm-hmm. months ago. Um, he was called up once again to take the position of Tim Anderson. And he's a really, really cool story. He went straight from AA to the majors, got his first hit. Um, just the other day, he when he was recalled back up, he um, hit his first big league home run against Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium, which is really, really cool. So I love to see more of him because he's had a lot of explosiveness mm-hmm. every time he advances to the next level level in the farm system. Um, so he's somebody that I would love to get as many at-bats as possible um, for as long as he's back with the team before Tim Anderson returns. Um, there's a few names in the farm system because – that's another thing. The White Sox don't have the best farm system. There are three pretty big names. You have Yoannis Cespedes, or not Yoannis, excuse me, Yoelki Cespedes. I just read a headline about Yoannis the other day. You have Yoelki Cespedes, uh, who's been doing pretty well. There's Colson Montgomery, who's been jumping, and not only the White Sox overall rankings, but Major League Baseball's over, overall mm. rankings. I believe he's around 30th now in Major League Baseball. Um, he has an incredible on-base streak going on between, I want to say, um, high single A and then double A. Uh, so that's been really exciting. And then there's Oscar Colas, who pr- should provide a lot, a lot of fire and spark and power. So those are like the three biggest names, uh, but they're definitely not Major League ready for this year. And they're kind of the only names really have for however long they're going to stay with us or maybe get you know dealt in a trade. There you go. So uh, we got a surprise appearance. Yes, the Catholics are trying to sneak in. <laughs> I have a chair next to me that they like to sit on. How many cats are in three. your house? Three. The three amigos. Yes. There you go. We gotta love it. Uh, if you were the owner of the White Sox, you had unilateral control, and you wanted to turn this team around ASAP what are you doing <laughs> yeah so it starts with leadership there's it's like the lack of leadership so um i would definitely you know consider a new manager i would also consider a new hitting coach um, okay. because the the ratio of the kind of hits and the philosophy is simply not getting the job done with the kind of hitters um a lot of the time the batter just look the batters just look lost at the plate luis robert is if he's not leading he's up there in um first pitch chase percentage mm. and he's somebody that if he's swinging at strikes he's typically making good contact but the fact that he's mixing in a whole bunch of swings on pitches outside of the zone and not allowing himself to go deeper in at bats um that kind of hitting philosophy needs to change um but on the good news and the good side on with good news we have an awesome pitching coach in ethan katz and i need him to stay because he's been doing very very well he's been doing good stuff with renato lopez uh, who just returned from the injured list jimmy lambert who's a new face um look at johnny cueto and michael kopech uh you know kind of rejuvenated cueto kopech is kind of on his way um he's kind of like the 2019 dylan cease if you will right now maybe even the 2020 Mm. dylan cease or hopefully you know one to two years from now we're gonna have dylan cease and michael kopech in dylan cease form which is really really cool um 
So that's kind of where it starts. And then, you know, you got to look at like the GM position. The White Sox were awfully quiet at the trade deadline. They just made one move player for player. Jake Diekman came uh, to the South side, but he's been actually pretty good um, in his uh, few appearances that he's already had. And then it's kind of like, hey, players, like we need to rally against one another. There's needs to be cohesiveness. Of course, not everybody's going to like everyone, but we all have the same goal of winning a ball game. So how can we all you know, appreciate one another for doing our jobs, being on the field, max effort all the way. I know it's it's a little bit of a struggle when you see guys who you know can hustle down the line and they're not hustling down the line. So then they're out by a step instead of safe by a step. Mm. Um, it's kind of like the Ricky Renteria philosophy of um, our boys don't quit. Um, that was like his his philosophy is like, as long as you're hustling and you're showing heart, that's what I want. And that's something I would love to call attention to for the team. Yeah, um, man, I, I think a new manager would do you guys well. I think that will make a lot of bit difference when it comes to hitting coach. What you need to do, you need to look around and look at an assistant hitting coach mm-hmm. of a team and just kind of pull them out from underneath. It's just like, hey, you want a promotion? You <laughs> right? want to be the guy? You know, yeah, come on down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I hope it's just. You, you want the best no matter what uh but it's just it's just so sad and it's like i it's hard for us because you know we're talking about how it's like the season's over but you're two games back in the wild card you're yeah. one and a half game back here's but it's so you don't want to be too jaded but it's uh, um i want to see you guys back at it again because i just feel like last year it's like you stuck your claim. It's like, this is mm-hmm. our division. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have it a 12 game lead or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, you can't have, you know, Cleveland <laughs> and Minnesota right. coming up. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. man. Uh, Can I just say that uh, I was when I was at the Rangers uh, game the other day versus the White Sox that my buddy that I was with pointed out to me that we had uh, we had just crossed the nine year anniversary of the yeah. uh, of the Rangers uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, receiving uh, uh, trading uh, receiving Alex Rios for Larry Garcia and Garcia is still in Chicago after yep. all this time just uh, Rios is, like retired now so yes. <laughs> goodness yeah just one of those interesting front office decisions from the uh (laughs) from the uh the white Sox of old that's yeah surprisingly leary garcia is the longest tenured active white Sox player right now he beats out jose abreu by one year because garcia was 2013 and then abreu was 2014 wow yeah (laughs) he's nuts he's still there (laughs) crazy Mm -hmm. all right well Looks, uh, you know, we've been at this now for about 40 minutes at this point. It, uh, I, I know we're, we're recording an extra episode for this week here. Uh, it's been fun. Would uh, probably be winding it down at this point right now. Uh, let us all uh, kind of finish out our evenings as we're going to do at this point. Um, Boom, do you have anything else you, uh, you want to talk about here with Ashley as we kind of wrap things up? No, Ashley, it was as it, it was great as always. Uh, you're so yeah, you're a friend of the pod. You're someone who it's just been so cool to have you on for as many times as we have, and we look forward to having you on again when you're in Cali. Yes, yes, <laughs> I love it. It'll be so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you both for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here.
Oh man, it's a the pleasure is ours. Uh, Ashley, go ahead, give a plug for our audience. Tell them about what you got going on. Of course, of course, I will be taking a hiatus, uh, but I do stream on Twitch at Ashley underscore Sanders. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ashley twenty two Sanders, and I'm also a writer and editor at Southside Sox uh, through SB Nation. There you go, Michael Morin says he can't wait to uh, to see you at the SDS streams. There you go. There you go. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, follow her, uh, follow her on Twitter. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, Instagram. You know, keep up with her. So, but yeah, um, thank you all for watching us. Thank you all for commenting on the stream. Um, as for us, uh, go ahead and uh, you know subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. We're available on all major podcast platforms. Uh, go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at BoomBoss21, Travis at Travis Lawfully. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see Ashley Sanders there. It, you can watch it after the fact as you're going into work tomorrow. We have the visual effect, which is so awesome. You can see the cats you know, right? as you're coming through. It's like if you're <laughs> listening to it, it's just like, where are they? Well, you gotta you got to watch it, so subscribe subscribe there um if you've been watching us for a while please consider joining our patreon today two dollars five dollars ten dollars whatever you want you get discounts on merch um you get you get a whole bunch of crazy things um shout out to longest standing patron tad bostic and patreon producer don hale lastly check out the merch store we got mugs t-shirts hoodies onesies baseball shirts phone cases with our partnership at t public Really, you can just get yourself decked out like crazy. Stuff for the whole family, I can attest, all the way from little babies all the way up to me and the dad bod. You get it all at the description below. Uh, Trav, let's land the plane. Friends, no matter what you do in life, do it like the top players in Major League Baseball are doing with the mentality of batting 400 and always swinging for the fences. We love you all. We'll see you guys next time. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lawson and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silbrick.